It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Another good one for you today. Another life-changing one, honestly. Warriors got the win last night, opening night, ring night at Oracle against OKC. A lot of good things to come out of that. A couple not-so-great things to also come out. Uh, We're going to talk about all that. And 11 games on the slate for tonight. Going to talk about some of those as well. All that's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everyone? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, your boy, Charles T. Hamilton. Another okay episode. Another great one. Whatever. I, I got to think of something, like uh, something else to say. Something else to tagline these with. But until then, another good episode today Locked On Warriors. The Warriors. Beat OKC last night, the Russell Durant, Russell Durant, wow, the Russell Westbrook-less Thunder, the Andre Roberson-less Thunder, but the Warriors were without no one, DeMarcus Cousins, I guess, but we haven't seen him yet. A lot of good things come out of last night, some also not so great things, but we're going to talk about that in just a minute. First thing I want to talk about was ring night. And it's something that the Warriors do very well. Just the whole pageantry, the show. I've made the, I mean, not joke, kind of observation that Jordan Bell's a showman. But Joe Lacob is a showman. That guy loves the spectacle, loves the event, likes to make things, I don't know, special, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And he did that last night. It was a nice touch with, well, I don't know if it was a nice touch. It was something, they try and make it different. You know, they had the rings descend, right? Descend or ascend. I think it's descend from the ceiling. Those rings were pretty sweet. I don't know about the whole reversible thing. I don't understand the point in that, but those things are huge. And I wouldn't mind getting me a couple of them. Not just one, a couple. But another great ring night, third Year third in the last four years. Steph and others have mentioned that it is weird. It's awesome because, look, you're getting your ring. Like, it's all good and something to celebrate. But then you have to go play a basketball game. So, we've seen also, because we've seen three ring nights in the last four years, it, it does affect them a little bit. It does make it, I don't know tough maybe they're a little distracted and maybe that's just an excuse maybe they just come into the season a little nonchalant maybe they're a little tired from having to play all the way into July who knows what the case is but last night was kind of ugly at times I did want to mention though before I get into the game that the ring ceremony I thought was great honoring the previous championship teams 
And the two I want to talk about were the 2015 team. They had LB there, Leandro Barbosa representing that team, which is great. You know, still a fan favorite here. And then Matt Barnes representing uh, last, not last year, two years ago, however you put it, 2017 team, which is another great touch. He's still a fan favorite here as well. Part of We Believe. He got a huge ovation. It was funny. His Instagram story was him and his boys going up to his boys, to his twin sons, going up to Oracle for opening night. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I know they're Steph fans. And so maybe they, they're just going to see the game. And then seeing him there for the the ceremony was great. And it's something that the Warriors do incredibly well. All the public fanfare type of stuff and honoring the correct people. And it started with the Chris Mullen uh, jersey retirement, which is also the night that Joe Lacob got drowned out in booze, which is funny looking back on. But I remember that one pretty clearly. And they've just done a great job with honoring the past, and I thought it was great. And then Steph brings up Eric Housen to get his ring, a guy who's been with the Warriors since he was in sixth grade. He was a ball boy. Over 30 years there now, he's the traveling secretary. Just They just understand the gravity of situations, and, and you know, besides <laughs> besides Steve Kerr forgetting to talk about Steph at the uh, <laughs> the championship parade that one year, they're pretty great at all this stuff. So I just wanted to put that out there. It was a great ceremony, great situation. It's always fun. Fun to see them react to getting their rings. David West was there to get his. Nick Young, I understand why he wouldn't come because he's still looking for a job. Where David West, we know he's retired. And then players such as JaVale, you know, he'll get his either when they go to L.A. or L.A. comes up here. Zaza, same thing with Detroit. Pat McCaw did not show up to ring night, which I know some people kind of scoffed at a little bit, but I don't know. If you're in a holdout, wouldn't you not go to ring night? Like, that made sense to me that he wouldn't go. I didn't think it was that big of a deal that he wasn't there. I mean, I expected it. Like, why? If you're holding out, why would you go to that? Still... Don't get the holdout. Still upset about it. Still think it's ridiculous and stupid and doesn't make sense. And not only is he losing money, he's hurting his own value right now. And Warriors could use him. I wonder if, as it's been reported, that the Warriors offered him a two-year deal, two years, five million, where he'd make, what, 2.5 this year and then 2.8 next year, I think it was, something like that. I forget exactly, but it would be a nice raise for him. And the fact that he turned it down and the second year isn't guaranteed, I wonder if a guarantee in that second year would solve this. Which I'm not saying they should do. I I understand their situation with the cap and not wanting to go too crazy. And they want flexibility, etc. But uh, yeah, I just I wonder if that would end this. I don't know if it would. I get the feeling Pat wants out of Golden State, but the problem is, dude, you're losing money. You're not getting your year towards free agency. It just, ugh. I'm sorry. I talk about it every every podcast, but it's just stupid. I don't get it. I'd like some clarity on it, but I don't think we're going to get it. So anyways, back to what actually matters, ring night, the game, the team, the people that are actually there. 
Ring Night was awesome. Another great story, great situation. Just great time for the dubs. Coming up next, going to actually get into the game. Talk about things that went well, things that did not go so well. And, uh, you know, a couple problems here or there Warriors might need to worry about. We're going to talk about that next. But first, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That is blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, which is good because I always got a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code, code to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Been going over last night's game, the ring ceremony specifically, and just how... I think the Warriors do a great job at these events and things of that nature. Um, Last night's game was a mixed bag. It really was. The Warriors came out a little... Well, both teams. And we saw this in the first game also with the Celtics and the Sixers. Just a little scattered. You know, it's the first game of the year. A lot of fouls, a lot of turnovers, which isn't anything new for the Warriors. But Steph came out, was hitting his threes. I mean, I think he knocked down his first five. And the interesting part was not only did he knock down his first five, but those came off, excuse me, three of those came off of offensive rebounds. Not that he got Damian Jones, and I think Kevon Looney got two of them, and then kicks it out to Steph. So he wasn't searching for that three ball early in the game. He was driving to the hoop and almost converting everything. The hell of a game. First half, at least. The rest of the team was a little slow to get going. KD, it's crazy with KD. He basically will have a game. You know what? I don't think KD played that well. And then you look at his numbers and he still had, you know, 27, three boards, two assists, and three blocks. So he took a little bit to get going. First half was a little slow for him, but he ended up ramping it up and was solid late in the game. Clay 
rough, rough game for Clay. Five of 20 from the field, one of eight from three. The guy, I think, shot 55% from three in the preseason. And then all of a sudden just has the worst game he's had in a long time. Draymond Green, that first half for him was bad. It was bad. He had six turnovers on the night. It felt like he really couldn't make a pass that wouldn't get picked, tipped, taken away, basically. He did end up with 13 rebounds and five assists, three steals. That's the other thing. Draymond, even though when offense isn't going well, he still affects the game in other places, and he really got it going in the second half as well. First half, a little sloppy for him. One of six from the field, oh, of one from three. But again, filled up the stat line everywhere else. Let's get to Damian Jones. And I know you guys might find it annoying, but he is a storyline this year, especially early in the year. He's almost one of the main storylines as far as this team's concerned because of the contract implications, because of his future with the team, and his future at the position also. So Damian Jones was solid in the first half. He, you know, only two points in the first half, was was banging around with Steven Adams, did a, a solid job. I mean, I know Adams put up numbers, and look, you're, he's not a guy you're going to shut down. But Adams also didn't get all his points on, with Damian Jones on him. And the thing with Damian Jones is, because he's slender, I guess you could say, he's lean and cut, he doesn't look very big. But he's still about 250, which is the biggest center they have. And yeah, he's not Zaza or, you know, a, a guy like Steven Adams or Andre Drummond, you know, some of these thick centers, but he's strong enough to go with them in the post. And he had a solid game against Steven Adams. First half was fine. Second half he came on and really had a an impact offensively, especially in the third quarter when the Warriors couldn't get a stop against OKC. They couldn't stop Paul George. Damian Jones had, I think, six Six of the team's eight points in one stretch. Ended up with ten in the second half. A couple alley-oops, a lot of dunks. He just does kind of what JaVale did. But he's, at least last night, was less of a liability defensively. Wasn't great on the boards as far as the rebounding numbers are concerned. But he also made a point of trying to box out Steven Adams and did a solid job on that. And again, I know Adams got his numbers. I think he had 17 and 11. But... Damian Jones did as good a job as anyone else, whether it was Kavon Looney or Jordan Bell. And that's the other thing. A lot of these numbers also came against Kavon Looney, who, by the way, had a hell of a game. We're going to talk about him in a minute just as well. Damian Jones, solid. I think they definitely pick up his option. I will say this, though. He's played in two games, got significant run in two games in his pro career. Both of them have been against OKC. Both of them against Steven Adams. And they've been positive. He's played well. But is it just a matchup thing where he plays well against Steven Adams? I don't think it is, but I don't want to overblow his situation where he's only played two games against the same person, and maybe he just plays well against Steven Adams. I don't think that's the case. I think this is who he is, and I think he's doing what the uh, Warriors have wanted him to to do and wanted him to become. Uh, Tim Kawakami actually has a great piece up at The Athletic that basically goes over how he's becoming what the Warriors have wanted him to become. And there was a great line in there where during the 
Western Conference Finals last year when the Warriors are, you know, fighting for their lives against the Houston Rockets. All the coaches are sitting around, scheming, talking, whatever, and Damian Jones is playing one-on-one with someone on the team. They didn't, you know, Tim didn't uh, mention who, and Damian's just dominating, you know, eating everything up, blocking everything, putting everything in, and the coach looks over and says, there's our center for the next five years. So they think highly of him, and they think he'll become what they want him to become, the kind of player they need him to become. And now, at the same time, as you guys know, I'm high on him. I think he, I agree with that coach, personally. He, he has the potential to become that player. There were still some negatives. You know, still got lost on a couple switches, still not aggressive 100% of the time. You know, there was a rebound where him and Steph, it basically fell between them, and he was letting Steph get it, and then the Thunder were able to pick it up. And, you know, just little stuff like that. He had a foul. Uh, he had four fouls on the game in 27 minutes, though, which for him is good. You know, it, it, that's that's solid for him because there might be games where he gets four fouls in 15 minutes. That's the other thing. This is an intriguing good start, but I, I do think there's going to be some lumps along the way. There's going to be some, some JaVale McGee-type games where he comes out, gets a couple fouls in the first couple minutes, and you have to sit him down. But last night was a good start for him. Good job on his part. He contributed and contributed damn well. Kavon Looney. I wanted to get to Kavon Looney because not only did he have a good game, but an interesting rotation piece here from Steve Kerr. Looney was not only the first big off the bench, he came in as the primary backup power forward. So he came in for Draymond Green and then a little later in that same quarter slid down to uh, to center with, I think it was Andre coming in at power forward. Either way, he's the number three big off. He's the first big off the bench, the number three big. And at first, I wouldn't say I rolled my eyes, but just classic Steve Kerr. He loves Kavon, understandably so. But that was interesting because, look, I like Jordan Bell. I think we all like Jordan Bell, but there's clearly something there with Steve and with Jordan. Like, it's not just a vendetta against Jordan, but we've heard that Jordan is not. There might be some immaturity there. Maybe he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if focus is the right term. Whatever it is, there's something there that Steve Kerr doesn't love. And maybe Jordan's a gamer, and you just have to deal with some of the BS off the court. Which, again, I don't know what the BS is, but there's something there. But, yeah, Looney over Jordan Bell. And there's some more interesting stuff with Jordan Bell as well. It wasn't just Looney over Jordan Bell. It was Jordan Bell barely played. But Looney comes in, he had another great game, double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. He was another guy who was solid on Steven Adams. I know we didn't shut him down. I know that, guys. But still, a solid game off the bench for him, especially considering he played the most minutes off the bench, scored the most, most rebounds, etc. Kevon Looney is... Exactly what Steve Kerr wants and what Steve Kerr loves about him. Solid. He's just solid. He doesn't make as many big mistakes as, say, Damian Jones or Jordan Bell. He gets the job done, and that's what he did last night. Moving on to Jordan Bell. Like I said, not only did he not was he not the first big off the bench, he only played seven minutes. And I think part of that seven minutes is that Andre Iguodala got hurt. And that's another thing we're going to talk about as well which is part of the bad stuff that happened last night. Andre Iguodala 
missed. He played 10 minutes and then was out with calf tightness for the game, which is, look, that that's rough. But in the long view, all they need him to be is healthy for the playoffs. But right now, that sucks. Jordan Bell, like I said, man, there's some sort of there's something there where Steve Kerr needs him to do something. I don't know what it is that Steve Kerr needs from him, but there's something there that he doesn't love. And we've heard rumors of immaturity off the court and just in his preparation and stuff like that. So maybe that's what it is. In my uh, in my old high school football days and, and college, I pretty much every single year, the coach would, even if I had started all year the year before, when we came into training camp, spring training, whatever, he would have me s- slotted in as a backup. And maybe... It was some motivating thing. I don't know what it is, but it just feels similar to that with Jordan Bell where, you know, maybe he gets a little cocky off of playing well, off of maybe he reads the the headlines about it. Maybe he reads Twitter and all the people that love him. I don't know. I like Jordan Bell as a player. I think he's a solid piece for them, but it's interesting to see that he got very little run. Uh, Going down the rest of the roster, Jonas Jarebko got, you know, six minutes. It wasn't great, but he did have three boards. McKinney. Oddly enough, got two minutes. Took an open three that looked confident, looked like a good shot, rimmed it out. But it was just interesting that he got, you know, that two-minute spot. Quinn Cook was fine in his time. He did have a you know, couple a turnover that was pretty ugly. Livingston was Livingston, just solid. Uh, but the McKinney stuff is interesting just because, yes, it was only a two-minute, you know, end-of-quarter run. But he went with McKinney and not Jacob Evans. Jacob Evans is at the end, end, end of the bench which is not a good thing for the Warriors because they need that that first-round pick to contribute. A couple other notes that I mentioned here. Steph was driving a lot to start the game. Uh, Draymond was a little rusty, came on in the second half. The second-half shooting was atrocious. It was really bad. Both teams. I mean, besides that that run in the third quarter when the the Thunder pulled even with the Warriors, the rest of the game was pretty ugly. PG, Paul George got crazy hot in the, the second half. Or, you know, part of the third, really. Fouls. Too many fouls and too many bad fouls. And I'm speaking of officiating here. Now, it was less than the preseason. But it was still 50 fouls called overall. I need either teams to adjust or I need the refs to stop being so whistle-heavy. Because it it was ugly. It, It was not fun at times. And this is not what... The NBA wants, it's not what these teams want. One of these two entities needs to adjust. And I don't know who it's going to be. Shooting for the Warriors was really bad. Steph went 5 of 9 from 3. The rest of the team went 2 of 17. So that's something they'll have to fix, that they will fix, because Clay isn't going 1 of 8. KD isn't going 0 of 5. Quinn Cook hit 1-3. Clay hit 1-3. So... I guess the positives are that the Warriors still put up a good game and still looked good when, you know, half the team was playing pretty bad. Rebounding effort was a little tough just because, I don't know, just the effort at times wasn't there. But then again, you also look at the fact that OKC is one of the best rebounding, especially offensive rebounding teams in the NBA. So, you know, that's part of it too. That maybe they just went up against the rebounding juggernaut that OKC is. Uh, but one of the positives, like I mentioned, no DeMarcus Cousins. 
You had AI for AI. Andre Iguodala for only 10 minutes. Clay went 5 of 20, 1 of 8 from 3. KD went 0 of 5 from 3, 9 of 21 from the field. You were just kind of lackluster, but you still got the win. And you still look pretty damn good at times. <laughs> so it was, it was a win. It was solid. I don't know. We'll see how they adjust and how they come out against Utah, which in elevation with also Steve Kerr mentioning after the game, he did not think his team looked ready or in shape. He said towards the end of the game, guys were just gassed. Like he just had no one to put in really. So that's something to look out for, especially up at Utah and then in Denver as well. So these are things they're going to have to work on. But again, long season, and the most important part for them is the playoffs. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Trend Micro. At CDW, we get that patch-together security can leave gaps in protection. I patch things together all the time, like this broken desk chair. Some duct tape, good as new. Orchestrated by CDW, Trend Micro Cloud One provides unified protection and better visibility across cloud services. It's all-in-one cloud security that can hold its own. Okay, want to buy some gently used office furniture? No, thanks. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash trendmicro. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton. Finishing this day out here. Just went over the Warriors. First win of the season. First game against OKC. I mentioned the fouls earlier, and one of the things I also wanted to mention was the Warriors were called for 29 fouls. That's more than they've been called for in the regular se- any game in the regular season for the last two years. That's f***ing crazy. These officials need to get it together, or look, if that's how the game's going to be played, going to be called, then the Warriors need to figure out what they're doing and, and change. I mean, Steve Kerr has, has taken the kill him with kindness routine of, yeah, you know, the refs are just doing their job and we need to figure it out. But man, something needs to happen. Something needs to happen because it just makes it tough to watch. Just makes it tough to watch. Big slate of games tonight. I'm so glad the NBA's back, dude. 11 games tonight. Like, I'm watching basketball every single day of the week. This is the best. Uh, the Bucks team to look out for. I'm interested in them. And again, I know it's the first game, and I know blah, 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 but I just want to put these out there. The Pacers are a team that I'm really high on. I would keep my eye on the Pacers because the teams that get talked about in the East are Celtics, uh, <laughs> why did I blank there, uh, 76ers, Bucks, Pacers don't get me, Toronto, and then the Pacers. And I'm sorry, the Pacers should be looked at a lot higher than, than where they are. But we'll see what happens. That's just how I feel about them. And then also interested in the Rockets. Interested in the Rockets, not just to see how they work together, but also to see, look, they added some new pieces on the back end of that bench that I'm 
interested in. I'm intrigued by. I want to see what happens with Marquise Chris and Ennis and Carmelo. It's official. Carmelo's coming off the bench. You know, just stuff like that. So we'll see. So that's tonight's slate, you guys. Hit me up on Twitter at CTH415, what games you're interested in and why, what you thought about last night's game with the Warriors. Are there things to actually worry about, or is it just game one of a long-ass season? Hit me up. Let me know. I will be back tomorrow with more Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.